Hello and welcome to another episode of the High League Podcast. I'm Sean McCangage, your host, and then in this episode we're speaking to Inverary Locos under-20s manager Scott Buckin. He talks about his youth days at Dundee United, winning the league with Inverary Locos, and his missing league medal, cup success, why we should shout about the Highland League more, and much more. Scott, we'll go right back to the beginning. What are can your earliest memories of playing football as a youngster? Earliest memories playing? Well, actually, I can probably go right back and remember. I remember my first ever training session, uh, which was with Abbotswell Primary School. I don't know, Primary 4, maybe. And I can't even think why now, why I got invited, but maybe I think they must have seen me playing in the, in the playground or something. I don't know. But the guy around the corner from where I stayed, in Kincorth, George Duncan and his son George, uh, who was primary, probably primary six or seven at that time, invited me along. It was just around the corner from my house. I remember going along, taking part in the session. Don't remember the session, but um, must have done okay because I remember getting invited to the game. And so my first game on the Saturday was uh, Abbotswell versus Ashley Road Primary School. Uh, and I got on for the last 20 minutes in a 4 3 win, if I remember correctly. <laughs> And so that kind of that you know that that's the early, the earliest memory of playing you know before that briefly before that just watching football and my dad and my granddad taking me to Petodri, um every well every second week really obviously when they were at home obviously a very successful Aberdeen team at that at that time it, that that obviously gave me the love for for football you know getting lifted over the turnstiles by my granda and uh, you know scooted through you know, with my cousins. Into the into the beach end and um, watching a fantastic team play and even when they were away, I used to go up to uh, the fieldy in Kincorth and watch Kincorth amateurs. Who I mean, to me at that time when I was such a young kid playing and watching these guys as well. I mean, Kincorth at that time were a really successful amateur team. They had big crowds. They had people parking their cars right around the pitch you know, they're flashing their lights, they're tooting their horns when the goals were going in, the, the crowd were pretty raucous um, and I thought it was just the best thing you know, since sliced bread yeah. <laughs> and it just gave me that It gave me that hunger, even now I can remember all the names of the players, you know, from, from that Kingcorth Amateurs and uh, I actually I, I trained with them for a couple of times as well when I was a, a wee bit of, you know, primary seven or whatever um, a wee bit older but, so that was, you know, how I probably got into football but Abbotswell, yeah, and then played from Abbotswell, primary four, primary seven. Played for Abbotswell Aspects in Champion Street. You know, a brilliant tournament that went on in the summer. Um, and played, uh, were, were quite successful. Lucky enough, we got to, to the final um, the year I played. Uh, we got beaten a replay from Girdleness Gunners, um, local rivals from Torrey. But um, that was, you know, that was, that was good. And then, Moved up to Kingcorth Academy and played for Kingcorth all through my secondary school years and played for a few boys club. Uh, I actually started off boys club wise, started playing for Torrey Boys Club. Didn't last too long there. We were we were rubbish. We were really bad. Um, uh, I wasn't there for very long. Can't remember exactly how long. But one of my friends from school, still one of my good friends now, Kerr Gibson, um, who had a good high league career, junior career himself, still playing, believe it or not, amateur football, still trying to get me to go back playing. <laughs> That'll never work, but he invited me along to Dice Boys Club, and I went along, and it was run by the legendary Eric Mano, a well-known figure throughout uh, Aberdeen uh, juvenile football, and certainly 
renowned with Dice. Played there for a couple of years, quite a successful couple of years. But then moved to D-side, where, again, run by a guy called John Campbell and then uh, Cecil Singer. Um, again, you know, very, very well known, unfortunately. You know, Cecil no longer with us, but a really successful team with a lot of Highland League boys uh, in it. Well, Highland League, as they went on to, like myself. But um, really, really successful time. Until then, I got picked up, obviously, by Dungeon United and went down the road there full time. Yeah, so what was that kind of experience down there? Of course, it was good. I mean, getting the opportunity to be a full-time apprentice footballer uh, at a time when you know Dungeon United had a good side then. Duncan Ferguson, Christian Daly were some of the younger guys coming through. Um, and then you had the older heads, John Clark, Dave Bowman, Morris Malpass, Jim McAnally. Uh, Jim McLean was a chairman. Ivan Golak was the manager. He was the first team manager. My my kind of coaches were Paul Sturrock and Paul Hegarty. Yeah, he used to get picked up Monday morning from two Aberdeen boys, Mark Perry and Roy McBain, and the three of us would travel down Monday and we would we would obviously train all week. Those guys were normally involved, Mark particularly, Roy Latterly, involved with the first team. And I would come back up the road myself on a on a Friday. I'd go back down, believe it or not, and play again play a game for the juvenile team on a Saturday. And we'd have a youth game midweek as well with under eighteens. So I mean, listen, brilliant time. Stayed down in digs obviously all week. Um, with like three Glaswegian guys uh, of, of my age. But if I'm brutally honest, I probably didn't do myself justice. Probably went down there and thought all I had to do was turn up every day and I'd be a football player. Didn't work. I, I did. I wasn't. I wasn't a slacker, but I didn't work hard enough. I didn't work extra at my game. I didn't even. I also didn't have really anybody to guide me when I was down there. You know, you're kind of on your own. And mm-hmm. uh, the coaches were nice guys, but you you were very much on your own kind of thing, you know, and just one, you know, as I say, in digs with three guys from Glasgow who were brilliant guys and we had some brilliant times and some some nights out we shouldn't have went on and, and things like that. But it was, of course, a brilliant time and, and you know, would never change it. But I wish, yeah, I maybe wish I could have had somebody maybe just to guide me a wee bit um, and tell me that I needed to do a wee bit more, a wee bit extra at the time. But, um, but, but, but that's how it was, you know. Yeah, so in terms of um, in amongst that, was there any kind of favourite memories, maybe youth games you were involved in that you kind of involved? Yeah, I mean, well, we, we played in, um, obviously, the, the well, as it was called then, the BP Youth Cup, as well as playing in, um, as I say, weekly in, I'm going to say it was a league, I don't even know if it was a league, but we played every week, you know, against mm. Celtic, Aberdeen, uh, Rangers, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the Youth Cup, Youth Cup was good. I mean, we um, I remember we played Sterling Albion, and I got man the match actually. We won, I think we won fourteen 0 or something down at Sterling. And uh, then we played Morton at Tannadice. And uh, so playing at Tannadice was was brilliant. Obviously, you know, as a young sixteen year old lad, uh, really good. We won that one two ones actually. Playing for Morton that day was um, Mark Simpson, who I would then go on. To. I'd already played with him at D side for many years. Uh, and then Mark went full-time with Morton and we obviously ended up at Locos together as well later in life. But he was playing that day and then we got beat by Kilmarnock uh, 2-1 again at Tannadix and that was the end of that uh, tournament. But And we played you know, played Celtic and um, I scored the winner in the last minute in a Dundee derby in the youth. <laughs> so, so, you know, times like that were were brilliant. Being in and around some of the guys, you know, like Duncan Ferguson, that was just just was just a riot, you know, just an absolute hoot. And... Um, Really, you know, look, just he was obviously part of the first team at that time. He was, he was obviously his career was just really starting at that point. But um, he was in the in the 
home dressing room, but he spent most of his time with us in the away dressing room. You know, just he, he just preferred the company, as he said, of, of the youngsters and the banter, and uh, you know, within the within the youth dressing room. And he would take us out, and he would take us around Dundee, and he'd take us into the pubs, and he'd flash the cash, and he'd um, buy us drinks, and uh, you know, probably we shouldn't have been, of course. Yeah. <laughs> But he did, and he looked after us. He really looked after us. Um, top, top guy um, mm. at the time. Aye, um, so hadn't, we hadn't really changed. He was the same as a youngster as, as he was. Yeah, like, I, I think so, by by all accounts, you know. If you, if you look and you see, and you read and you see things, uh, Duncan had a, had a great career, obviously. Um, but it wasn't without controversy, uh, you know. So, um, no, no huge surprise. But back then, you know, just in the trouble he used to get into, you know, I mean, Jim McLean was still chairman and still very much in charge. Um, and the amount of times you would have heard his voice roaring down the corridor, you know, Ferguson, my office. Um, just it was, you know, it was every day. Hmm. So you didn't have any shouting? Did no one have a go at you? Or... No, I mean, what used to happen was, um, particularly when I think back, the Youth Cup game, the youth Cup games are two at Tanadice, particularly the one we got beaten. Um, you'd, you'd obviously get back in the dressing room and, uh, and literally the door would come off its hinges and flying open. And at that time, I always I do remember number 10 sitting almost directly opposite you know, the front of the door. But he, he obviously immediately turns to the goalkeeper, uh, who's obviously first, and he is literally nose to nose, finger pointing, you know, spitting in face type. Um, and he just went around every single one of us, you know, um, and made it clear that was not acceptable. Um, so, you know, we did get a bit of that treatment as well. But don't get me wrong, you, you know, on the flip side of that, as I say, I'd got man in the match against Sterling Albion and he, and he caught me in the corridor. Uh, you know, I always remember that and said he thought I had a great game and, you know, keep at it, keep, keep working hard, blah, blah, blah. You know, so it was a bit of everything. But, my God, you didn't want to get in the end of his wrath, you know. So you said you kind of kind of regretted um, how it kind of all kind of panned out. What do you think it would have been different? Say you were maybe a bit older, you know. Yeah, well, not older. I think now. I think you know if I, if I look to today's sort of uh, game and what I know goes on um, mm. at that same sort of level, and maybe even at our own level at the high league and stuff. I think you need someone or some people to guide you a wee bit. Um, a mentor, almostly, uh, almost. Um, you know, someone. I, I was away from my family. I was down the road there. I was myself. I was, you know, hey, listen. I had plenty. We had plenty friends and all that. You know, we're all good pals. A youth team. Um, it was never anything, you know, uh, too bad. It was just in terms of football. There was no individual development plans in those days or anything like that. And you were left to your own devices. I. I probably could have been done with someone giving me a boot in the bum every so often and saying, look, you need, you need to be thinking about this, you need to be thinking about that. And just giving me a bit of a bit of a helping hand, along with everyone else, by the way, you know, of our youth, the, the youth team that I played in, not a single one of us made it beyond that Dundee United youth team. Um, nobody. So, you know, I think, and it wasn't because we weren't a bad, we were a bad player. We just, I just don't think we got the right... Um, the right advice at times, and I wish we, we wish we had got that. I also wish, you know, again, it's all hindsight, but if I just had a bit of my own mind as well to say, you don't just turn up and it happens for you, you know. Um, you've got to work hard and 
um, work harder than the next person. And I wasn't doing it. That's a brutal truth. Hmm. Do you think your experience has kind of helped you in terms of with your with your son um, at the moment with his football? Well, career? hopefully. I mean, all I can ever do, try and do is give him a bit of advice, you know, um, and learn from things that maybe I've done and maybe, you know, wrongly or rightly. Um, it's not just him. It's, you know, I'm still obviously working away with the uh, locals under 20s. And, yeah. um, you know, they're all young lads. They're all still 17, 18 years old. And I would try and give them the same advice, um, regardless of the level um, of what, what I think they should they should be doing to try and, you know, be the best that they can be. So how how did you find it in terms of when you left Dundee United? For what happened? Well, what happened was um, again playing away for the youth, and then after a game, a game against uh, who I forget now, honestly, um, I'm going to say Hollow or something. I scored a goal, um, and I remember after the game getting sort of taken aside and, and saying that Forfer were interested in signing me, and uh, the next morning I got called to the manager's office. I, uh, Golak's office and um, he said that Forfar had put a bid in for me and Forfar were playing in the third I'm going to say the third division um, as it was back then uh, and again I had nobody I was just in the office with the first team manager it was a nerve-wracking experience for a 16, 17 year old boy nobody mm-hmm. there to guide me at all and he basically just said look you're not going to be getting in the first team anytime soon so it's maybe an opportunity for you to go and, and play um, Scottish League football and I came away and I came home and I spoke to my mum my, my and dad and my dad said he should, thinks you should go for it. Uh, get yourself and play Scottish League football. So I did. So I got sold to Forfar, I think, when, I don't know, it's like the Wednesday or Thursday or something. I was playing for Forfar against East Fife on the Saturday. It left back down there. When that, was a, that was a baptism of fire. Wow. wow. I mean, that was, you know, that's the first experience I'd had of men's football. Um, I'd been involved with Dungeon United at Reserves probably two or three times. Um, and go on probably twice I think yeah. 10, 15 yeah. minutes against against men but it was nothing compared to going and playing against you know third division at that time it was some hardy buggers going about and I was you know it was a real eye opener I, I played the 90 minutes I remember that um, I can't remember how I did I can't remember at all if I was good, bad or indifferent um, I, I just remember I got a lift up the road from Ray Charles Ray was a goalkeeper for East Five don't know, but Ray was in, then later in goals for Cove Rangers and stuff. Um, I got a lift up the road from him. And then, so I went to Forfar and played there. I think my second game was at Hamden. Uh, and Hamden had just been redeveloped at that point. And Scotland played Holland on the Wednesday and got beat 1-0 by Holland. But we played on the Saturday, uh, obviously against Queen's Park. I just remember walking into the centre circle at Hamden and, you know, when it was obviously empty and, and looking around and thinking, Jesus. Um, I was absolutely pathetic that day I was taken off after about 30 minutes there was a guy playing for Queen's Park right winger uh, O'Neill I think he was on loan from Celtic and he absolutely ripped me to shreds Um, and again you know you're coming off thinking oh my god am I actually going is this this any use for me you know am I any it kind of dented your your confidence a bit Mm. Um, played a few more games and then I got a, a knee injury um, and long story short, I had to go for an operation in the summer. But what I was doing to go to Forfar, it was becoming a real, it was becoming a real um, scunner. Really, I was having to go. I was working then. I was obviously back in Aberdeen working in Bridgedon at Galanders Motors, and I'd have to catch a bus from Bridgedon to the train station, train to Dundee, bus from Dundee to Forfar, train, and then do exactly the same in the reverse. 
and get home at I don't know one one thirty in the morning or something. Um, again, seventeen year old lad. Um, and it was doing that two two twice a week, and then obviously the games on a on a Saturday. And I, I was doing it on my own, and it was just I was getting fed up, scunnered with it. Had a knee operation in the summer, um, and then came back, but couldn't really get back in the team. And then I got a shout from the manager to say that uh, Cove Rangers wanted to sign me, and so I, I jumped at it. I jumped at that opportunity to come back up to Aberdeen and play. But if I'm honest as well. My love for football was starting to was starting to wane a wee bit with it all. You know, I think the travelling and all that, and I think I just I don't know. Again, nobody to talk to you about it. You know, really, and um, yeah, I mean, I had my home and dad. You know, very supportive, but talking about a football person, talking to you and giving you some advice, and you know, you just start to feel okay. I was I was full time only a few months, well, six months ago, whatever it was. Suddenly, part time and not working, and you know, you go back and anyway end up at Cove Rangers and um, that was with Sandy and Kenny. Sandy McNaughton was my old PE teacher at Kingcorth Academy. Hmm. Um, and I used to train with Cove when I, um, when I was at Kingcorth. He would take myself and Kerr Gibson along um, on a Monday, was it a Monday night, I think, to Linksfield Stadium, the old AstroTurf. And um, and we would train there with the men. Um, the Cove team obviously were a very good team. Um, but So Kenny and uh, Sandy signed me up for Cove. So what what was that like? Did that kind of get your love of football back, or? Uh, no, not really. If I'm honest, um, Cove was good. Um, it was enjoyable. When I first went, I was playing quite a bit. We we're playing with some great players at Cove, you know. Um, Doug Baxter, Graham Park, uh, Meganson, White, Moreland, Parson, Murphy, hmm. um, BT, uh, Ray Stephen, Alan Leslie. You know, oh, the list goes on. Um, we were young lads. Myself, Kerr was there as well at this point. Another couple of young lads, Richie Clark, again, my good friend now, and uh, Paul Fever, if I remember correct. And then we just, yeah, you know, we were in and out of the team. Young lads, I get it now, but, you know, then you feel I was a big, I was a big sulk in this, on this earth, you know. I was I was probably way out of order at times, sulking because I didn't get my own way, didn't get to play uh, event. But then Sandy and Kenny left, and... Uh, or I can't remember why they left or how, but they did. And if I remember correctly, it was then Jimmy Wilson, I think, came in. Um, and I started off with Jimmy OK, and I thought I was going to, you know, I thought this was going to be good with Jimmy. And, um, but then Jimmy didn't last long at all. He only lasted a few months. And Dave Cormick came in. That was my first sort of experience with Dave. But I'd go on to obviously good things with Dave, the locals, but that, that wasn't so great. I mean, he, I think it was the very first training session. He just took me aside and said, just, you can just leave. Uh, oh, it was without even training, so I didn't even see my train, never mind play. Um, so I'm not sure, uh, uh, you know, I've had a bit of, a lot of fun in games with Davey since speaking about that, and he tells me he regrets it, but um, I don't know if that's just telling me that to my face or whatever, but um, he says he does. But um, And I kind of, at that point, I really was, you know, oh, you know, someone, I can't be bothered with this. It just, you know, I just had enough kind of thing, and I was just working, I was going out with my mates at the weekend. That was, that was, that was, I was happy with that. Um, but then I got a shout again from uh, Kenny and Sandy, who had by now taken over Inverie Locos, and uh, asked me to come down. I was like, I wasn't sure, and I said I'd go and watch them, and I went and watched them against East End, uh, East End, and I, I, I don't know, just watching the game, I just got a little bit of a, a bit of a buzz again. I thought I'll go along and see, and Christ, the rest is history, you know. 
Yeah, could could you have never imagined being at locals that long once you once you joined? Well, no. I mean, obviously, it was split by a um, by a, a wee spell at Banks of D, yeah. but um, for about three years or so. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I was there locals three or four years first, and then as I say, it'll be twenty years uh, next year. Uh, all in, you know, encompassing playing, managing, and coaching. But uh, so, no, definitely didn't think that. Definitely didn't think that 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 was going to happen. But they did genuinely. I got my love back for football. Um, going along to the locos and um, the guys there, and playing and doing well, and you know that that makes all the difference. Um, but just just a brilliant group of people to be around. So, how important is that in terms of the people that you're? around and, and being part of of something i think it's i think that's crucial i think it's unbelievably important i think that manifests itself normally into a successful winning team um but even when you know even now when i you know obviously i've stopped playing for a wee while and still involved coaching now but it's not obviously it's not as intense as first team and stuff but you know the friends that i've made through locos and through football, you know that that's that, you take that away more than you take away from the football. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we're still great, great friends with all these people now, um, and you know to be able to meet them in a the pub and buy a pint and get a pint back and just have a laugh and uh, that is that is the, one of the most important things I think. Mm. So, do you think it's something that across the Highland League, in terms of you know? A lot of people get on with each other. It seems to be like most players um, that I've kind of spoke to have either played against each other or played with or are quite good pals. Um, do you yeah. think it's been like that for just for ages? I think it has. I think, it, I mean, you know, way before our time playing as well, you know, you hear and see uh, stories and um, you speak to people who played before we played um, and, you know, everything you, you can... You can um, relate to everything they say because it sounds like it was just as much fun and uh, enjoyable then, and I'm sure it was. A very unique, unique league um, in terms of that, uh, and you know, long may it continue. Yeah. So, in terms of your your kind of first spell of locals, um, what kind of were your kind of favourite kind of games that you're involved in? God, I was quite. I was, God, a lot of good games. Um, we had a few Scottish Cup. Um, actually, some of the some of the most memorable games. I didn't actually play in them. I was injured, but Glenafton away. I remember um, Kenny and Sandy were in charge. I didn't play either. I was a sub. I had an injury for a couple of weeks, and rightly so. They never they never risked me. And um, but that day, I remember Kenny Taylor played himself at centre half. He was absolutely outstanding. You know, experienced guy. And of course, we were heavy underdogs. Glen Afton, downhill, you know, deepest, darkest Ayrshire, mm. and um, you know, you're up against it. And but I remember before the game, uh, I don't know, maybe a playing squad of about uh, twenty, and um, we all chipped in a fiver and uh, went to the local bookie and put ourselves on. Um, uh, and you know, we end up obviously we won the game. I think we won the game three two. Um, and you can imagine, obviously, the party in the bus uh, on the way back. It was it was raucous, but it was a brilliant game as well. We deserved to win. 
was a tough, tough game and, and played in heavy pitch. I remember rain, you know, but good conditions and players. We we, we love that, you know. Um, and yeah, that game sticks out a mile. The the game we won the league, um, uh, which was a again I didn't play. I was injured. Uh, well, it was a classic. I mean, we beat for Martin. I'm going to say five four. I think it was five four or or four three, and I think we were I'm sure we we're four three down with like five minutes to go. And I'm trying to wrap my brain here, but I'm sure it was Jim Finlay scored an absolute worldie volley uh, to make it four all. And then Ian Alexander in the last minute um, scored to make it five four for us. Um, and of course we held on and we won and we won the league. Um, that day, and so again, you know, the party was uh, party. was pretty, pretty intense. I've actually lost my medal from that. I've never, I lost it on the night. Oh, I've never, I've never managed to find it again. Someone's maybe nicked it. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure there's a, ta- I'm sure there's a taxi driver in Inverurie somewhere <laughs> with a with a league championship winning medal. Mm. Um, but I, I've, I've never found that. So, in terms of what what is it like being part of like a title a title winning side? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, it was the juniors. Um, it wasn't a Highland League, obviously, unfortunately, but um, it's, it was the juniors. But listen, don't take anything away from from when you win a league, you deserve to win a league. Um, it was a tough league, good teams. You know, Sunny Bank were main challengers from memory, um, but Turriff, Longside, uh, Stony Wood. Uh, bon Accord, really, really good teams, uh, good players. A lot of them went on the Highland League, and um, we actually started that season really poorly, really poorly. We were nowhere come Christmas time, mm. and then Cup time, Kai came in and um, took us on, and we we won every game uh, up to the up to that game, the Fra Martin game. Uh, we won every game, and. Went on to win the league, as I say, um, and it's a special, it's a special feeling, you know. Can't uh, it'll never, never leave you. Still got, you know, I've got the photos uh, kicking around somewhere, and I've got. Well, I don't have the medal actually, no. So, um, but somebody has. But um, yeah, still remember it. Still remember that game. Still remember afterwards in the club. Genuinely, simply the best playing over the over the in the club. You know, all of us wear suits on, the suit jackets flying around, the ties around the head. We were actually supposed to be going on a uh, head wetting for Big Fritz, Colin Henderson, who was a centre half at the time. And we'd all promised him that we would go to his head wetting on the Saturday. But of course, we then end up winning the league. You know, what I do remember is half of us just hiding around the club as he was trying to round us up on the bus to go to his head wetting. And um, we're all hiding in various locations around the local social club, toilets, outside, behind doors, just so we didn't have to go in this bus so we could stay because the club was absolutely rocking, you know, the fans and set that were were, were uh, rocking and um, feel a bit bad because half of us didn't get on the bus. But, um, but Big Fritz is all right. He'll be, he was all right. Hmm. Um, so, so in terms of how proud are you in, in terms of being part of kind of that significant um, part of history for, for locals that people will never like forget? Yeah, it just it's it makes you proud when you you know when you look back now once you've stopped playing, um, again, um, you look back at your medals um, that you've won and lost. You know, there are plenty of runners up medals as well. But when you can, I I believe you know for me, that's what you should be playing football for. You know, you look back at the end of it and you say, 
and you can show your son and you can show your daughter and you can uh, maybe grandchildren or whatever in the future and say you know and I've, and I've kept you know I've got a, I've got a bundle of programs um, of all the games that I played in back in the day locals used to produce programs and um, a few Highland League clubs did um, you know just obviously in booklet format um, and um, locals actually even did a monthly magazine if I remember correct and I've kept so many of them um, to remind myself and remind others of, yeah because it's because Playing football is brilliant and you want to finish and you want to look back and you want to say, yeah, I remember that. It was brilliant times. Remember those days. And, um, to be part of it is, uh, regardless of what team you're playing for, um, if you're winning, there's no, there's absolutely no better feeling. Than that. So in, term, in terms of um, moving on, so what kind of was your kind of first experience of playing in, in the Highland League? Well, I went to Banks of Day, as I said, um, uh, I kind of that was again was a. I'm not going to say it wasn't a silly move. Um, at the time, we were a great bunch of pals at Inverurie Locals, but a number of the boys who were Aberdeen based were moving on to Banks of D. And Kenny and Sandy again had popped up at Banks of D and had asked me to go and join them. So for the third time, I went and joined. Um, that Banks of D team on paper was a fantastic team, but we won nothing. Um, but um, you know what I will say is the social side of that Banks of Day team was unbelievable. It was, it was absolutely everything. It was, it was your whole week was built to that. Um, going out with them all on a Saturday night, and we went out religiously every Saturday night. Um, so whilst you know we should have won things and we got beaten cup finals, um, and again mates for life and uh, brilliant, brilliant times, but. It got to a point where I thought, no, I want to give, you know, Locos had by that point moved into the Highland League. They were, a, they were a season in. That was their first season in. And there'd been sort of snippets, you know, that it might happen, it might happen. And I just kind of said, let's make it happen. But again, by that time, Kenny and Sandy had moved on to Keith. And so they phoned me and asked me to sign for Keith. So I actually remember I would have always went back to Locos, but at that point, Locos hadn't asked me. But Keith had asked me, and it was a Saturday. I remember it. I, I was staying in Bridge of Dawn at this point, and I was sitting in Asda car park at Bridge of Dawn. I got a phone call from Martin Allen saying, um, Right, are you ready to sign? And um, I said, Yeah, yeah, let's make it happen. Um, and so I kind of left it at that. But then I don't know, maybe somebody caught wind or that from Locos, and they got in touch. John Gardner and Cup Tie um, was kind of Cup Tie, you know, uh, who had been my manager obviously before. Cup tie and I just hit it off, you know, just always uh, have done since day one, still do today. Um, and um, yeah, it didn't take much for Cup tie to persuade me. To, I felt a bit bad because I had to then obviously tell Keith that I wasn't going to do it, but um, yeah, I ended up going back to Locos. So joined them in the summer of their second, what would have been you know, the start of their second season, and uh, joined at the same time as Kenny Cool. And uh, one or two others and first game back was Cove Rangers away um, first league game of the season and a two-all draw I came on in that game I think last half an hour or something um, and then kicked on from there and what was obviously a, a very successful period really yeah so um, in terms of is there much at that point was there much difference between the quality of the the juniors and the and the Highland League. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. The top of the Highland League, undoubtedly. Mm. Um, undoubtedly. Um, again, lots of good teams, lots of good players in the juniors, no doubt about it. And again, it was the same sort of teams that I was, that I've mentioned earlier that were around and about the top. Um, but absolutely no doubt about that the Highland League top half was um, far better than, than juniors. Better players, better places to play. Um, the social scene was probably just the same. But um, but the, yeah, in terms of the football, no, it was definitely a step up for sure. It took me, it took, when I stepped up, it took me a wee minute again. You know, I wasn't, uh, as I say, I was a sub the first game. I think I'm quite sure I played from the start of the second game, Bucky away in a cup. You know, the Aberdeen Shires that play in the midweeks. And, you know, the first maybe month or so, again, I'm not entirely sure, not positive that John Gardner really fancied me as such. It was cup time. Yeah. And, you know, there's always a, there's always about a banter that I was cup tie's love child, you know. Um, but uh, it was definitely a cup tie that, that pushed me forward. Um, but, but listen, don't get me wrong, eventually with John, um, I think I definitely won him over, um, you know, after a few weeks. And you know, never really look back, to be honest. Yeah. So, what, so what was it like being in like a successful team in the Highland League? Obviously, being in a team that that won the league in in the juniors. Again, yeah, just um, just just great fun. It, it became like, um, but again, there's many other teams that have been the same. But you just turned up every week expecting to win, knowing you know the mentality that we had at that time as a team. You know, we were, I mean, okay, I was 27. Okay, I'm not young, but um, we had a lot of younger lads. Um, Craig Ross, Stephen Park, Stuart Mackay, Digi Davidson. I mean, um, but we had Tommy Wilson, Mark Simpson, um, Kenny Cool, Mark Cool. Oh, the list goes on, but um, great bunch of people to be around again. Um, you looked forward to going to training. You were happy, working hard at training, coming off. You know, you know you've been working hard. We knew we were going to turn up on a Saturday and as long as we had the right attitude about it, we know we would give that team, whoever it was, a real good game. Um, and I, I've said it a few times, I think we must have been a bit of a nightmare to play against back in that day because we kind of, at that time, we kind of just kept going and kept going, kept going at them at teams, you know. Um, it was kind of non-stop. I've got, hey, we didn't win every game by any means, but, um, you know, we were in most of the games, we were involved, we were, um, and we had some, again, just some brilliant, brilliant times, you know. Yeah. So, what were those kind of standout kind of moments? Well, I guess um, you know, any any cup final win is um, is always going to stand out. Um, the first one, uh, Devon Vale at Devon Vale in the Aberdeenshire Shield. Um, yeah. I think it was decided. Because of the toss of a coin, it could have been at Harlow, but it ended up Devon Vale. Devon Vale, obviously, a very good team also back then. Very good team. Um, and we managed to win that game 4 1, quite con- obviously, quite convincingly in the end. I played left back uh, that game. And yeah, so, you know, once you get that first one, because I think they got, I think, again, I think they played in the first season they were in, I think they played in the final, they got beat. Uh, so, to get that first one, and you know, you're playing your rivals at your rivals' ground as well, which you know, I think that gave us all a bit of confidence to to really try and kick on. Um, uh, and then the, the, I guess the other ones that stick in mind, you know, the first qualifying cup final. Um, again, the qualifying cup, what a what a tournament mm-hmm. to be in, you know, just 
brilliant. What a cup to win. You know, just that, again, that more than anything, I think most footballers would tell you, you get your chance to get your hands on a trophy like that and, you know, get a picture with it as a winner. Um, that, that that means everything. Um, and we played Cove in the final of at Huntley and we had, a, we had a good record at Huntley. And again, it was a, it was a, a very good Cove side. Martin Johnston, etc. I remember. Um, and we again we beat them four 0 uh, on the day. I remember Mark Simpson actually on the way up, um, in the bus telling us uh, up the back of the bus as we always were, and telling us I had a dream, boys. I had a dream that uh, I score here today, and uh, and Simi never scored. So you know we're like a ah, very good Simi, and uh, and of course he does, doesn't he? You know, and rises like a salmon to be fair to me, the back post for a with a corner and sticks one in the back of the net so he was quick to remind us of that later but um, yeah 4-0 and you know a, a brilliant win for us again um, and again what a night that was I mean um, the memories of that night just uh, the party after it was just wild I mean we, I mean, I kid you not we could not get back into the locals car park with the bus because of the crowd of people in the car park cheering us celebrating, jumping around. Um, the bus could not get back into the car park. And the, the the club, you couldn't move in a club, you know. You didn't have to stick your hand in your pocket that night for sure. Um, and again, brilliant times. Um, and I think we won it, I think it was a year after we won it again, actually. Um, Forrest, uh, played Forrest in the final again. Forrest, a really good side at that time. Stephen Mackay, uh, sticks in the mind, uh, Mo Morrison, a few others. Um, very good side. Marco de Barros, I'm sure, was playing still at that point. And we won 2 1 after extra time. That one kind of sticks in the mind as well because uh, after the game, I got picked along with someone who I can't remember and two Forest players to do a drugs test. You know, it was an SFA tournament at that time and they would randomly drug test individuals. And I got picked, and um, so and I sat there, and I I could not go to the toilet for love nor money. And uh, don't get me wrong, they plied me with beer, water, juice, um, as any you know as much as I could. I can't even remember who it was that was with me, but they all they all managed, and they were gone, and I was sitting there myself for about half an hour. I can hear all the celebrations going on, and I'm not allowed to join it because you're not allowed to move, you know, until you go to the toilet. Um, and it, honestly, it must have been easily an hour later, and I finally managed to go to the toilet. And I thought, yeah, ask me, oh, great, I'll get back through the boys now. And through I went, and they'd gone. They'd actually jumped on the bus and left me, back to Locos, standing there in my stick myself. Luckily enough, the committee hadn't left yet. <laughs> so I had to jump on the bus with my strip on uh, and get a lift back down the road with the committee uh... and join the party. You must have played that well in the final that they had to drug test you. Aye, well, maybe. Although it could, <laughs> could have been very memorable if they left me behind. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it seems to be, I mean, the Scot, the Scottish, um, that trophy seems, a lot of people seem to forget about it because it, it used to help you in terms of Scottish Cup, you know, qualifying right. for the Scottish Cup. Yeah, um, four semi-finalists. Yeah, used to get into the Scottish Cup at that point, so it was a it was a really important um, tournament for the whole Highland League. Um, I think that first time, obviously, that we won it was the first time that we had gotten into the Scottish Cup 
it must have been. Um, so obviously, really, really prestigious for the for the club um, to get into it. Um, and but but great for us as players just to play in the final. You know, it was a huge event on the Highland League calendar. Pipe bands playing. You know, a real real cup final feel to it. Big crowds. Um, again, I think if I remember, poor in the rain that day as well against brilliant conditions for a cup final. Um, and a great performance by us, obviously. You know, I think it was a Craig Ross hat trick as well as Simi. So um, Ross goes on fire, but uh, yeah. Again, just again, you know, just go back. Just the cup final wins. So we had those two. We had two Highland League Cup final wins uh, season after each other. One of those seasons, we also won the tournament that replaced the qualifying cup, which was the Challenge Cup. So we won that again against Cove up at Devonvale. We won that three one. So I think I think we were the last people to win that tournament. I think I think Huntley won it. I don't know. I think they won it before us. Then we won it because we got to keep that tur- that trophy. Yeah. Um, and then, but now, of course, you know it's all changed, and everyone gets into the into the Scottish Cup anyway. So, um, but yeah, cup final wins for sure. Scottish Cup win, Scottish Cup runs, you know, brilliant. Yeah. So, do you have all those our medals apart from that missing <laughs> missing one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I, you know I certainly keep all my medals. You know, you see you see other boys they want to throw them away sometimes. Um, you know, runners up ones, but not me. Um, I don't know. Maybe got from my a fairly short period, I guess, in the Highland League. Playing, um, I don't almost have about fifteen or sixteen medals. Um, I think maybe nine or ten winners, if you include I uh, all in, yeah, including, yeah. including the 20s stuff. But um, yeah, listen, I've got runners-up medals, but I'm proud of them as well because you know it was it was it's memories of brilliant days. Yeah, I would rather win the game instead yeah, of getting yeah. But again, it's medals. It, it it shows you had a successful time, a successful period. Successful season. You played in good games, big games, um, and you know that is football. You don't win everything, so um, it's just part and parcel. But for me, I'm proud of every one of them for sure. So I, I absolutely keep them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So one of the Scottish Cup games that seemed to stand out to me later on was the the Mowerwell game, which which got um postponed on four four different occasions. What yeah. What was it like? Um that game because it seemed like it was never going to get played. Four times cancelled. It was such a pity, you know, because had it been, it was obviously all geared up for the first um, game, which was obviously postponed, which was a Saturday. Um, and so the whole town was buzzing, you know, um, and the town was decked out in, in locals' colours and scarves. And there was a big build-up to the game, so a real damp squib, obviously, when, um, when the game gets cancelled. Um, and then you move on, of course, and you try again and again and again, and it doesn't happen. And it becomes clear it's going to be on Monday night, um, you know. And of course, that does take a little bit of the of the uh, prestige out of it a wee bit, anyway, you know, on Monday night. But um, it was a freezing cold Monday night. I remember that. I think a game was lucky actually to go ahead. Um, when it did, I think they just got to the point of, you know, bugger this, let's just crack on, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Mark McGee was manager at uh, Motherwell and uh, he, I'm quite sure he didn't want it to be played. Probably feared, you know, that it could have been a bit of a leveller. But um, I, I, I suppose what I do remember as well is a bit, in the build-up to it, um, we were training on Har Law the week before and um, Davy Cormie had this sort of getting set up for um, corners, free kicks against, set pieces against, 
and uh, I always remember him saying this. Um, now it's a guy uh, Stevie Hamill with the left foot. He takes their their uh, free kicks, but he's pretty rubbish to be brutally honest with you guys. Um, so we're like, all oh, right, okay. And uh, he said, no, of course, you, the usual sort of managers, you know, right, let's keep it tight, you know, keep it tight for um, as long as we can, you know. <laughs> I think we kicked off and gave away a free kick within 20 seconds and Steve Hamill has whipped this absolute worldy cross in uh, onto the header, of um, John Sutton, who powered at home uh, point blank range after 30 seconds. So that was Davies, uh, Stevie Hamill, useless and keep it tight for at least 30 seconds. Uh, but then after that, we gave a good account of ourselves, to be fair. Um, you know, we, we settled down. and um, I'm not going to... It certainly wasn't an even game. Mother well deserved to win. the won 3-0 in the end. Um, but a great, great occasion, playing against, obviously, their first team. Um, and a big, huge crowd still inside. You know, a freezing cold night, but I think it was 2,000 or something inside, uh, inside Harlow. So... Um, you know, a great game to play in for sure. It's just a pity it wasn't on the Saturday, but there you go. Yeah. So, what what was it like playing against kind of John Sutton? Because he's quite he was quite a a big guy to you know play yeah, against. Well, thankfully, I, I wasn't directly up against him. That was Simi's job, and um, I uh, <laughs> he gave Simi a hard time, uh, which which you know uh, Simi didn't get a hard time too often. But uh, yeah, when you're playing against these players, and there was there was a few others. I'm sure Clark guy Clarkson was playing. I'm sure he came on as a younger lad. But there was a guy in midfield as well who just was going about trying to nutmeg all of us. Um, I can't remember his name. Um, there was a couple of guys at the back again. Sorry, names who, who, who I generally forget. But uh, when you're playing full time players, it's always a it's always a great test, great challenge. Um, and yeah, really, really enjoyable. What kind of got you interested in terms of coaching? I don't know, if I'm brutally honest. It kind of fell in my lap. Uh, at the time when um, it happened, Davy Davy had left. We had a poor season and Davy had decided that he's probably, I don't know what he would say now, but he felt at the time that um, he couldn't, he just felt he couldn't sort of, get us back to where he where he was hoping to get us and thought he would be best moving on. And it never came into my head at all. I, absolutely not. I mean, I was 30, I don't know, 33, 34, 34. And um, I remember a couple of the players were like texting me saying, I mean, I think, I'm sure it was Stephen Park and Craig Ross and stuff texting me saying, you fancy you fancy doing the job, right? And I was just, I never even, what, what on earth is this about? You know what I mean? I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um and then at work one day, I got a phone call from Willie Lip, and he just said, "Would you like to come in and have a chat about doing a sort of player manager role?" And um, I said, oh, "Of course, come and meet you and see, you know, what it's all about and see what you're wanting." And we had a chat, and um, yeah, I started, I thought, oh, "Okay, I could maybe do this," but I don't know if it was a bit of fear and you know into the unknown. And I felt like I needed to do it alongside somebody. And also because I wasn't convinced I wanted to stop playing, that's for sure. You know, 34, I still felt I could probably play. And so, and so, yeah, I asked, I asked Kenny, and um, it took a bit of persuading to get Kenny. I'll be honest. Um, I'm not sure he was 100% keen. It's certainly not to start with, but um, he came round. My persuasion skills, and uh, he came round, and um, kind of obviously, yeah, got the job from there and kicked on from there. I wouldn't say that I was sitting there desperate to be a coach, but very quickly you get into it. And um, 
realised that yeah, I quite quite enjoy doing this, and um, yeah, and we just try, obviously we kicked on from there really. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of um, how did you find adjusting in terms of you know you were used to being just a player, but now you were you know a manager? How, how yeah, really, it's it's difficult. It's difficult. You're playing. You're you're now managing and deciding if people can play. You know, these are the same boys that you played alongside. Um, it's difficult. Um, and, you know, when you're first into the job, I, I defy anybody that tells you that it's an easy decision to make because it isn't. You know, when you have to maybe tell someone, as I say, that you're not going to be playing today, very difficult. But but you have to just grow a set of balls and and, um, and get on with it. Your job is to, is to manage it. Your job is to try and do the best for the club. What you believe is never anything personal, you know. A lot of players believe it is, um, and I'm sure they still do to this day. I, in terms of you know the here and the now, but I've spoke to many of the players that we maybe, you know, there were moments where you don't see eye to eye with certain people, and you know, listen, I've, I've met probably them all since, and we have a beer and a laugh now, and they all say the same thing, you know, that we were right at the time, you know, um, and most of them have went into management as well, so they know. Um, what it feels like on the on the flip side, but it's it's difficult. But you just have to, as I say, you've got to grow a set and, and get on with the job. And um, and in time, you know, because it was a it was there was a lot of older kind of guys at locals at that time. So over time, um, you know, it, it, they, they eventually dwindle away, and you get your own you get your own guys in there as it is. You know. Yeah. So how how did you find? find it with you and Kenny in terms of being co-managers um... it, it was it was brilliant it was absolutely brilliant it worked a treat it was perfect for for us um, listen of course other people will have other opinions and stuff but for us it worked um, we both had young families we both had uh, jobs which uh, you know we, we were in, in charge of teams at work as well um, and we were needed at work you know um, wasn't like we could just swan around work so we had to um it definitely was the right thing um because it was going to be too much for either of us to do it on our own um and that became very apparent very quickly because it's literally a full-time job in itself um so to be able to share that and we had great support as well from like you know alexander chris ainsley start off with the goalkeeping coach uh, Ian alexander and the locals committee you know and uh, willie lip um eddie innes graham hay mike mccauley and all of the committee, um, they helped us brilliantly. So the dynamics between Kenny and I were, well, I felt anyway, were, were brilliant. It was a really enjoyable time. Uh, you know, you, you end up talking to Kenny more than you talk to anybody in your family um, and vice versa. Um, you know, we, 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 each had a, we each had a phone, a local's phone, and we had our own phones. And, uh, you know, you're wondering which one's buzzing. And you know, normally it was a locals one, right enough. Um, yeah, and we shared the role, we shared the, the the duties of training, and we had our own. You know, we we had our ideas. We left each other. You know, we gave each other respect of you know taking turns and just leaving each other to it. We picked the team together. Um, we never seen eye to eye all the time on things in terms of uh, team selection and things. But God Almighty, you wouldn't expect us to. Uh, it'd be pretty boring if we did. Um, and. But but we sat down and spoke about it. We'd normally come out with what we felt was a was the right solution on the on the particular game day. Um, and yeah, as I say, it was again brilliant. Just uh, 
thoroughly enjoyable times. Yeah, so what what was it like kind of managing players such as, you know, you had your Martin Bavage, you had Neil Gold. I mean, that's just a, a few, just two of them. I think, uh, you know, never mind the names, I think when you've got 20 guys or whatever, it, it, it really is about managing people. That is what running the football team um, is all about. It's just managing the different characters within it. I mean, you know, you've got to tip your hat to these guys that do it because it's difficult. We're all different characters. And, you know, some will be an absolute dream. Some will be an absolute nightmare. Um, uh, it's not, they're not trying to be personal against you. It's just their nature. It's just how they are. Um, but if you can try and relate to that and you can try and appreciate that not everyone's the same, not everyone thinks the same, and just try and relate to them individually. Some people need a boot in the bum. Some people need an arm around the shoulder. Set, you know, we're all the same in life, never mind the football. So um, you can manage that. Then, you know, it's half, well, it's not more than half a battle. It's a big part of the battle. Um, and you can get them believing in what you're trying to do. And they trust you. Um, you know, and they'll turn up. They'll knock their pan in for you. And, and, Listen, not everyone didn't have everyone, not everyone was perfect, but um, majority of the players we had fantastic, brilliant people, um, great, great trainers. Um, not everybody, not everybody, but um, you know, yeah, no, no problems at all. And then you get your, you know, you, you've mentioned obviously a couple there, and uh, people like Martin Bavage. I mean, Jesus, he was just an absolute dream. You don't have to do anything with Martin, just turns up, does his stuff, you know goes home. It's all you're asking for. Um, uh, people like him, and there's so many others. I mean, they were all they were all brilliant in their own uh, rights. But yeah, you've got a few. You know, you've met. I mean, listen, Goldie, what a player. You know, what a goal scorer. But my God, he was a difficult person at times. And he, we have a laugh about it now. Um, and you know. Uh, Neil has a, has a tremendous fondness for Celtic Football Club and um, he would often disappear at a drop of a hat to a European Champions League night, leaving us in the lurch. Um, I seem to remember one particular cup final, I think, uh, cup semi-final, I think, um, that he just disappeared. Um, and so you've got to manage these things, you've got to deal with these things. Um, he was no, by no means the worst, by the way, but um, just, just some of the things you had to put up with. And yeah, it's just, ma- you, you just got to manage people. Mm-hmm. So he, he wouldn't have that problem now. No. The Champions League. <laughs> I know, right? Enough. <laughs> One of the kind of the the big games that's kind of stand out for you, for for me in terms of your management would would be that Aberdeenshire Cup final against for Martin, where obviously you were in the lead, you know, half time. And it looked like um, Pele was probably going to get sacked. For what was it like being part of that game, and, and what did you learn from that experience that kind of helped you, you know, go on and win? Yeah, well, being part of the game was obviously, you know, ultimately it was gotten. We got beat three two, a last minute winner by for Martin, and um, so you lose a cup final, so you're gutted. Um, you know, it's no. You don't need to say too much more than that in terms of the in terms of the game. It's always good to be part of a cup final. If I remember correctly, it was a horrible day of, foot, uh, of weather um, up at Fraserburgh, which was a nice change for us. Um, 
and you're playing um, one of your local rivals, obviously, um, who, you know, I was a bit of, there's always a bit, I was a bit of needle at that point between the two clubs. There's no, there's no getting away from that. Uh, noisy neighbours, you know, nonsense and, and all that. Um, but also no getting away from the fact that for Martin, a really good manager and uh, some brilliant players playing. Uh, so did we have some fantastic players playing and, um, yeah, as you say, we had the wind at our backs in the first half and we managed to get ourselves into a 2-0 lead. Martin Bavage and Andy Hunter scored, if I remember. In fact, there's a game. Neil Gold was in Dubai. We'd have won that game if Neil Gold had not went to Dubai. Uh, I'll keep reminding of that. You know, um, but, yeah, 2-0 up and yeah, you're asking what we learned. Um, we, we mucked that one up at halftime. We kept it as it was. I think we made a change, but I think it was actually in the second half. It was too late. We put Andy Lowe on up front to try and hold the ball up for us a bit. And uh, I you know, certainly no fault of his. It was just the, the game. They, for Martin had all the momentum at that point. We should have shut up shop a bit and accepted the fact that the weather was so bad. I mean, it was it was so... It was so ridiculously one way the wind, you know, down the yeah. down the famous mm-hmm. Fraserburgh slope, and we were going into it. We were trying to protect a two 0 lead, and us kind of, I guess, trying to be us at the time was trying to see how we could score a third goal, and we should have um, just tried to see the game out, and manage the game a bit better, and accept that it would have probably been a bit of a onslaught, but maybe put on a maybe an extra midfielder or a extra defender or something I don't know but hindsight's brilliant of course but um, yeah I think we I think we mucked that one up a bit um, but you live and you learn um, we actually had a we actually had a night out after it um, which was I think it was Neil McLean's was it Neil McLean's testimonial dinner I think um, I'm going to say it was something like that so we had that planned anyway um, so that helped uh, relieve the pain a wee bit although you know, when you wake up on a Sunday morning, it always hits you hard again. Um, but, um, yeah, so, you know, cup final, and we were a young, young team. Um, so it was good for the boys to get the experience of the cup final. But, of course, you know, you play a cup final, you, you want to win. But wasn't it to be in that day? Yeah, so so moving on in terms of the seasons, um, obviously you went on and finished second um, behind a, um, a really good Brora team and, and won the Aberdeenshire um, Shield. So, so what was that like? No, listen, Brora were unstoppable. Um, you know, I think they beat us in the end by twenty points. So, you know, it wasn't even close. Um, and hey, they deserved to win the league. I think they got beat once in the season. Um, I think, as I say, I think they got near hundred points, over a hundred goals. Um, deserved to win. They beat us twice in the season as well, from memory. But that particular season for us was a brilliant season for us. Um, brilliant season. Uh, at that point, we, you know, it was the most games Locus had ever won in the Highland League season. The most goals we'd scored, I think the least amount of goals we'd conceded. Um, we got to the final Aberdeenshire uh, Cup and the Aberdeenshire Shield. We got a run in the Scottish Cup, which pitted us against, and I'm going to say, I think that one was um, Arbroath or maybe maybe Alwa, something like that. Third round anyway, I'm sure. Um, and uh, whichever one, it went to a replay. Uh, and 
we got beat in the semi-final of the Highland League Cup from Bucket. Um, but all in for us, again, young young side, um, generally a young side. Um, it was a brilliant uh-huh. season. Uh, the boys were absolutely fantastic. I mean, Neil Goldup season scored 43. Still the top, you know, the, the most he's scored um, in any season. That, you know, for me, that was massively down to Martin Bavage, um, who did all of the work outside the box. And Neil Gold literally stood in the box and tapped in everything that he crossed. Um, uh, Martin himself scored 20-odd goals. Um, Dean Donaldson scored 20-odd goals. Uh, So between the three of them, you know, 80-plus goals is phenomenal stuff. Um, And Dino, you know, was another, just just what a a guy, what a character, what a player for us. Um, uh, Rallying the troops and um, I remember going away to Fraserborough, and, uh, you know, tough, tough place, and comfortably winning two 0 there. Um, we went to Cove, another tough place, and Jamie Mickey, I'm sure, smashed a free kick in the top corner in the last minute. But it was a bit more comfortable than just that. And you know, the boys were just in a good place that season, and, and it was really enjoyable. And if it wasn't for a, a phenomenal broader team, um, you know, then. Who knows, you know, with the league, but um, but hey, uh, you know, they, they beat us by a country mile in the end. So, um, but yeah, th- really enjoyable, brilliant games to be involved in. Delighted that we were successful for the club. Um, you know, we could continue that because it had been a couple of seasons since we since we'd won in. Um, and um, yeah, just just. Uh, you know, you look to kick on. What would you say was the difference between winning kind of your first trophy as a player to first trophy as like a manager, would you say? As a manager, well, you know, as a manager, you feel an awful lot more responsibility because you're in charge of the team, you know? So there's 20-odd guys. There's there's 15 people in the committee. There's obviously the fans, but particularly the players and the, and the other coaching staff and the committee, you feel, you know, they're all volunteers. You want to give them something to smile about. You want to give them something that for all their hard work. So, you know, when you win it as a manager, it feels like you're, it really feels like you're doing it for the club and not really for yourself. Whereas as a player, again, it's not for your, just for yourself, but there's a huge thing on it. It is for yourself. You know, you're, you're, you want to make sure you play the best you can in that cup final. You want that winner's medal for yourself. You want it for your teammates as well. Don't get me wrong, but if I'm brutally honest as a player, are you, are you considering the committee too much and things like that? I, I'm, I'm not. You know, you're probably not really. Um, and that's not being disrespectful. It's just kind of how it is. And, um, so, yeah, winning, winning as a manager, and it just. Yeah, yeah, it just gives you a, a sense of relief, I suppose, as well. Yeah. So, in in terms of the the chuff chuffs, how what were your kind of initial kind of uh, memories of you know meeting them at first, and and just how how important are are they? Because there's something that's never going to leave locals. Everyone yeah. associates. Well, ho- well, hopefully not. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, the the, the chuff chuffs. I mean, just what can you say? I mean. Just brilliant, brilliant characters, um, brilliant people to have around um, the club. 
brilliant people to have around the Highland League. Gordon, who who leads them, um, what a guy! I mean, um, to do that week in week out, he does it daily with them. You know, looks after them, um, gives them employment, um, looks after them, takes them to the football, um, makes sure they're okay. I mean, you know, it's phenomenal stuff and just legendary stuff. The first time I met them, if I remember correctly, was well, obviously just at a game. And they also just turned up at a game. And I can't remember what the game was, although I think I've seen something on the TV not long ago from Gordon telling you what the game was, but I can't remember it. But um, just the noise, obviously. And you're thinking, what on earth is this? You know, um, <laughs> Where is this coming from? And then, you know, obviously you get to know exactly who they are and um, they, they, they get a song for you, um, as they do with, with everybody. And... Uh, yeah, and I've went to I've went I've went to Fox Lane a couple of times and, and um met them there and seen what they do over there and um just just phenomenal people and they make um they make the atmosphere in my opinion at Harlow and the other grounds, you know, um a better experience. I, there's maybe a lot of people disagree and that's fair enough. But for me at football yeah, that football match it's going to be noisy. Mm. Um, it's going to be loud, and they're and and they are respectful, um, and they get behind their team, but they're respectful to the opposition. Um, they have a bit of class about them, um, and you know I, I hope they they stay around for an awful awful long time. Yeah, I could, I could stop laughing when they, there is a clip on the TV about wait for the goalie. <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard that a few times, but you know, they. I stand quite close to them on a match day at Harlow normally, and um, sorry, well, certainly at the top end when they come up that end, and you know, but they've been doing that for years. You know, Mm. genuinely, they have a great rapport with opposition goalies. They, you know, and the goalies have a bit of rapport back with them. I'm quite sure the goalies enjoy it. You know, a bit of banter, nothing, nothing silly. Nothing over the top. Um, they're quick to reprimand anybody that tries to do that. Um, and I've heard them um, reprimand a few people um, who try and get out of hand. And um, But yeah, you respect the goalie, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I know, it's brilliant. Mm. I think I think that's one of the things when I started getting into how only football was the sort of characters that you meet from the different clubs. Like everywhere there's someone different. Absolutely. Um, from um, I remember meeting um Peril from Tur 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 uh, a group of volunteers um, from, oh God, ranging from just absolutely everything, you know, the committee and everything that the people in the committees do, the the stewards that turn up, the kit men, the people that wash the strips, the tea lady, tea men, whatever it might be, um, group of volunteers um, up and down the, the, the league, up and down the country, uh, the clubs just simply wouldn't run without these people. And, and that is what it's all about as well, you know, when you're winning things for these, you know, well, not every club can win. Um, you know, 
only one team wins the, the league and one team wins a cup final. But mm. um, when you do, it is genuinely for these people to see the smile on these people's faces um, to to give them a medal, um, to give them something at the end. Uh, they deserve it, you know, because the time and effort these people are putting in to make sure their local club is running and running well. Um, again, as I say, it's pretty priceless. Yeah, so in terms of um, later on, obviously, Kenny um, departed and then you were solo manager. How how did you find that switch? Well, as I said uh, earlier, you know, with being co-managers, you can you can share the duties. And, of course, Kenny decided to move on and um, I decided to stay on. Um, so, of course, those, those combined duties fell onto me. And so very quickly you realise, you know, as I'm saying to you earlier, this is a full-time role. And with all the different facets that were involved, you know, um, the players dealing with press, dealing with um, training facilities, dealing with match day responsibilities, kit men, secretaries, chairmen, um, but predominantly the players. Um, it, it, was a, it was a full-on, full-time job. Uh, and on top of that, um, when you've got a young family and you've got a job with ever-increasing responsibilities, uh, you start to think eventually that something's going to have to give here, you know. Yeah, that, obviously, that was kind of the main reason um, that you ended up leaving um, Island League football because balance um, got out of hand. What What was that like making that decision? Obviously, you won the – sorry, I'm – Going back a bit, um, you won the Aberdeenshire Shield just before you left, so that yeah. must have been nice to kind of round it, round it all off. In a yeah, way. absolutely, we weren't having a good season, um, and I think that was part of the reason that Kenny um decided he just probably felt it was time for someone else, albeit I took it on, but it just he felt that it was time for him to to, to move aside, and um, we weren't having a great season at that point, but. I took it on and we had the Aberdeenshire Shield tournament and I think, if I remember correctly, we had a couple of home games to get to the final. Uh, I think Huntley and Devonville, I can't remember which way around, but um, I think it was Devonville first and Huntley in the semi-final. And we managed to, um, you know, when I took it on, it did get that, I don't know, get that, you know, you get that little bounce from a manager. or Not that I was a new manager, but, um, you know, it was just on my own. So um, I took a couple of different people in and maybe got that little bit of a bounce. From that, you know, Parky, Darren Mackey, things like that. And um, yeah, we, we got to that final and played Banks of D. And obviously, it was in my mind um, for to, to be doing, you know, something like I, I end up doing, which is obviously packing in. Um, it, it was on my mind. And it was on my mind that night at the Cup final. I remember, I know that for a fact. Um, we won the game. We won the game quite well. It was close for a while. Banks of D got it back, I think, if I remember. To, it was 3-1, I think, maybe even 3-2 at one point. Um, but Bavage came on, I think, and scored a goal. And I think Andy Hunter scored as well. So we ended up winning comfortably in the end, 5-2. And I think you're, you're right, it was, and I was saying earlier, it was a bit of a relief, and it, and it felt like a relief. But it felt good, obviously. And I thought to myself at that moment, and I, I do remember it, after the not, not celebrating too much and thinking to myself, yeah, it's definitely time to... It's definitely time to move on and let somebody else have a crack at it. And that that was that was kind of 
and I kind of made my mind up and I went and told the committee or Graham Hay and Mike McCauley as it was then and they asked me to stay on for the rest of the season and I said yes I would um, to give them time to maybe you know just get them their heads together and find the right person to come in um, but my mind was already made up but I said yes out of you know I felt I felt like I had to say yes to them um, almost you know wasn't doing it really for me I was doing it for them and I remember um, it was mid-December and we were playing loss in mouth at Harlow and we were winning the game 2-0 and loss in mouth got the game back to 2 all with about five minutes to go we scored us the equaliser and at that point really if the game had been another 5-10 minutes there was only one winner it was loss in mouth and I remember just walking off the pitch at that point saying, no, I need, you know, there needs to be better here for this club. Uh, that wasn't acceptable to me, you know, to get no disrespect to Lossie, but um, at that time drawing to all the Lossie, you know, um, I just felt we, we should get better. So it, it needed somebody else to come in. So I actually phoned them the very next day and said, no, that's me finished. I won't be back. Um, and I had to be as brutal as that because Graham being Graham and Mike being Mike would probably have tried to persuade me to stay on a wee bit longer. They accepted, I believe, that I was you know, I was going to leave, but they would have maybe asked me to stay, but I had to cut it there. And I didn't actually, I just I said, I'm not going back and I won't, I won't be taking training on uh, Tuesday. But I went along to training to say goodbye. And that was it. But it was an easy decision. It was an easy decision to make because it was the right one. It was the right one for me. Yeah. So how did you find your your break um, from football until you kind of joined the under 20s out. yeah well I just kind of it's exactly as you say I thought I'm, I'm not going to go to the football I'm going to take a break you know um, I played for so long and then managed and it was intense stuff and I'm going to take a wee break here and um, and I did and uh, a couple of months I uh, took a break still followed results and all that of course and um, still kept in touch with the guys but um, just kind of out the blue Stephen Park texted me and said um Scott, would you like to finish the project? I mean, because what, I don't know, people know, many people know, but the, the 20s, when Kenny and I first took on the Locals job, we identified that the youth system at Locals was pretty poor. And we wanted to try and change that. We wanted to make sure we're bringing through younger lads. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was a bit of a, well, it was a very much a shortcut and a quick fix. We found a team, Dice Boys Club under 15s, who were quitting at that point and we're not going on to under 16, 17s, etc. football. And there was quite a lot of them were local lads. So we asked them if they would become Dice Locos and keep the Dice name, obviously, have the Locos and, and, uh, as part of it and, and keep, the, keep the team together. And we'll work on a five-year project to try and bring you through and get you into Locos, sort of first team. Um, so long story short, again, but that, that came about. The guys were... Uh, a team together, they were run by Scott Taylor, um, who run them brilliantly. Stephen Park took them as a development team uh, for the Locos on a Monday night, um, and he did a great job with them then. Oh, we were still the first team managers. So obviously the years went by, and then we were basically into year five, I think it was. And as I say, when I left, and Parky said to me, must have been year four, sorry, because he said to me, would you like to come and see the project out? So, you know, I, you know, kind of, you started it, you finish it sort of thing. So I thought, you know what, it's just a Monday night. Um, it was a project we started, so I thought, I will try and see it through. Um, and I, 
I, I just I was passionate about trying to help the boys get into that team, and um, so yeah, so I went back and took on the took on the twenties, asked Ian Alexander uh, to come back and help me, um, and he did, and um, Gary Jameson who was already there, but uh, he came in as well. So yeah, so we took the twenties. Yeah. So what, what what was it like? Obviously, you were like double invincibles. Um, what was it's quite a significant uh, yeah it's hey, listen of course it's good you look back now it's really good but um you know the, the point of that team when we set it up five years previous was to get the boys to play in the highland league and of course they couldn't all play for locals that's not going to happen but could we give them advice and the right coaching and the right um help to to try and be the best players they can be and um from that, we won we won games of football, um, but it wasn't you know it was a team effort. It wasn't because I came in. It was you know it was Scott Taylor way back. It was Stephen Park. Stephen when Stephen Park took them over in their development league, they were getting beat six, seven, eight now. Hmm. You know, um, and I remember those days. I'm sure Stephen remembers them. But we said that we we're going to persevere and stick with them. When I first took them on in my, our first season in the twenties, we got beat five 0 from Turriff. We got beat five 0 from Banks of D. Um, so whilst you know, I know you're saying the double invincible is brilliant and it is great, but the first season we were rubbish. Um, we weren't rubbish, sorry, but the results weren't weren't great. But we could see progress in the guys, you know. And towards the end of that season, where we started off getting beat five nil, five nil, there was real progress in the guys, and we could, you know, we were starting to give people a good game of football. And we kept them together and we kept coaching them, we kept training them. And then I would take them on a Monday night and some of them would be pretty much either alone to the juniors or they'd be playing for locals under 19s. So there were, you know, quite a lot of them still together. So um, what a brilliant bunch of young kids, honestly, young lads. They were absolutely brilliant to work with. I said it many times going through the uh, three-year kind of period that we had with that particular group. Um, that I would have loved to have kept working with them, you know, maybe in the juniors or something, um, because I think we could have done. I I don't mean we weren't going to win the juniors, there, but I just think we would have, you know, we could have had a real good couple of seasons extra with them. Um, and they, they were a joy. They just, you know, you knew what you were getting with them. They turned up. They had a brilliant attitude, all of them. They were good mates together, um, and that again. You know, it's a big part of the reason that we end up winning as many games as we won. Um, because we had consistency of selection. The boys knew by that point, by the second season, we didn't actually train them on a Monday. They just turned up to the games every two weeks. At that point, they knew exactly what we were asking of them. They knew what they were, what we were, each person, uh, you know, within the team knew what they were doing. And they just turn up and do it. And if you look now at them, you know, there's a lot of them playing in the Highland League which is brilliant to see. And if they're not in the Highland League, there's a lot of them playing juniors at a good level. And I'm sure in the future, they'll be back in the Highland League. But you know, a couple of them still at Locos. You know, Thomas Reed's playing every week for Locos now. That, so it's a success. You know, the team was a success. For that reason alone, Craig Gill there, and if it wasn't for injury this season, I'm sure he'd be playing a number more minutes than he is at the minute. But he'll, he'll come good. And then if you go over at Turriff, for example, um, you know, and Dino knew what we were doing, and he's not daft. He's taken a few of them there. Kyle Gordon, Jordan Cooper, Andy Watt. Um, you know, these are boys that were all at our 
uh, Jack McKenzie now, one of the uh, latest ones he's taken was with us. Uh, not not too long, Jack, but the other ones were with us. Um, so for us, what a success that was, you know. And so we're kind of we're trying to trying to replicate these things as we go, but it gets a bit more difficult as time goes on. Yeah. So how how difficult is it in terms of keeping hold of players, you know, for a long, in terms of development and young and players? Yeah. Because um. Yeah, really difficult. Really difficult because now there are so many other clubs coming in about and doing the same sort of thing, um, and you, uh, yeah, it, it's just difficult. Because it just depends exactly what that person, young lad's looking for. We can only ever try and give them again the right advice and tell them exactly what they're going to get when when they're at Inverurie Locos. And we try and point to the examples that I've just mentioned um, of guys who have went on to play for Locos and or other teams within the Highland League. And again, even the current batch that we've got, you know, they're not all going to play for Inverurie Locos. Um, it's just, you know, just that's just common sense. But um, but they can all play in the high league if they want, you know. Um, if they if they listen, they keep they keep their feet in the ground, they keep working hard. Um, but yeah, it's just difficult because just it's just the nature of it now. But it's no different from us. Every other team finds it difficult because you know people like us are going around, and yeah. we find it difficult because you know for Martin Huntley, Devonville, Keith, Turriff, um and and Banks of D now, and and then the junior teams, Dice, Kutar. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Good standards, good people, good coaches, uh, nice pitches. Um, I get it. I get it. You know, and, and a town based, it can depend where you stay in your own circumstances. So it, it's, it's yeah, it's really difficult. Yeah, and do you also think one of the things that might sell it to players is even the young players that have kind of locals have you know picked up from being released, you know, from your kind of senior teams have went on to. Um, obviously you've got the boy at um Arbroath, um Kieran. Yeah, Kieran and 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 players players like that that it kinda shows you can still have a career, you know, even though the full time thing doesn't work out. Yeah, I mean for me looking at that, um, you know, it's happened. You've also got Kieran that's went from Locos to uh Arbroath. You had previous to that you had Hamish Ritchie who was at Locos briefly, but um went to Peterhead. Um, you've got um, the guy Aaron uh, Reid up at Turriff who's now um, you know, full time with Aberdeen um, so this is fairly new uh, to, to the Highland League doesn't happen an awful lot I think it should be happening an awful lot more um, I think there are brilliant players within the Highland League throughout the league that undoubtedly if given the chance could go on and forge a tremendous career in the higher leagues in Scotland, in the SPFL. I'm not saying they're all going to be full-time football players playing at the top level at SPL, but they can definitely be playing in the SPFL, for sure. Um, I wish clubs would come and look um, more at the Highland League. Maybe that is happening now with what I've just, you know, what things we've just spoke about. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I love it to be the case because they're, they're well, okay, it's a Highland League's benefit when these people stay around, but I like to see lads progressing and going higher and further up and pushing themselves to be the best. Because what's the worst that will happen? Come back down and play in the high only. Mm-hmm. What have you, you know? But um, but they have to be given a chance. They have to be given a chance. And, you know, there are teams around about us, plenty of them, um, who are within the SPL 
uh, SPFL that uh, has, has been proven with Arbroath and Kieran. Um, yeah, I just wish they would come and have a look and take a wee chance. Again, there is there are so many players going around, that, uh, good players that that could easily play in the in the SPFL. I just think that um, people are a little bit blind to what's up here. Yeah, I think I think that's that's the problem. I think they under underestimate it. You see it in the Scottish Cup at times. Yeah, yeah. Listen, there's all there, there's always been um, there's always been one or two. I just think there's scope for more, you know. I really yeah. do. But um, mm. ah, okay, it is what it is. But I just think that they that they're missing out on a, on, a, on a bundle of talent, you know. Maybe maybe just need to scream and shout about it a bit more. Well, maybe maybe that's right. Yeah, absolutely. What was your kind of favourite away day in in the Highland League? Favourite away day, probably something like Nairn. Nairn was a fantastic pitch to play on. Um, we used to always uh, have a good few pints in Nairn, um, including if we ever went past Nairn, um, we would always come back to Nairn and. Uh, Stop the bus and get off, and you know we used to have some laugh with John Gardner used to let us off the bus and go to used to park the bus in the square car park and let us go to a pub which is in the corner which I'm going to say was called Uncle Bob's or something I think but might be wrong with that and he would say to you um, right boys you've got 20 minutes you know get a drink a few of the boys are going for a fish supper and we're blocking the bus at say I'd say say nine o'clock and of course 20 past nine comes and we're not on the bus. And all you see is John Gardner stomping across the road, you know. Uh, the doors come off their hinges of the pub. You what? Yeah, on that bus. Be in my office on Monday. Um, but, uh, so Nairn. Yeah, Nairn. But Fraserburgh also. Fraserburgh, brilliant. Just because of the atmosphere. Mm. And they're so close to you. You know, take your life in your own hands. Try to get to the, the bloody dressing rooms after the game, you know, particularly if you've won. Uh, um. So in ter- in terms of who who's the best player you've played against and best player you've played with? Um, God, this might not be quick fire, but um, uh, there's so many played against. Um, God, if I go back to actually juvenile days, one of the hardest players I've played against and and would make my top three five three or four five list would be Mark Garden. Mark, who played for Keith Montrose, that played for Middlefield, Sonny Bank when I played juniors, um, and he and I played for D side. He played for Middlefield. You know, good mates with Mark, but um, my God, he was a tough character. Good, good player, and a hardy bugger as well. And when you mix the two of them, you know, um, wasn't scared, and just gave you a tough game, real tough game. Um, Juniors, well, in fact, no, playing against as well would be probably um, likes of Ian Murray, Mikey Stephen. They would actually be in the same, they'd be played players I played with as well because they played in the same D-side team that I played in. Um, but playing against them, you know, as a defender, Mikey, you know, playing for Fraserburgh, Moby playing for, well, everybody that he played for, Devonville, Bucky, Fraserburgh, whatever. Um, you know, as a striker, his movement was fantastic. Mikey was just electric, you know, and he was predominantly left-footed, so we'd normally be on the other side of the pitch from each other, but occasionally he would decide to pop over my side, and I'd be very quick to tell him to just pop back over the other side. Um, but tough, tough player to play against. 
Kenny Cool. Kenny was a nightmare to play against. And I only played against them maybe for one season, I think, when he went to Fermartin. Um, but but seeing training as well, oh, God, he was just a nightmare. He would just, you know, as, as they say, you know, train the way you play. And my God, Kenny did. And, of course, again, as on a defender, he's a striker. You'd come up against him in training and he would pull you and push you and nip you and stand on your toes. And, oh, I just... Absolutely, just you know, I just eventually would be like, like somebody else pick him up on over here. Um, and but then you know, playing left back against a right winger, probably the hardest one was like Dean Donaldson for Keith. Again, I wouldn't, you know, Dino by his own admission, I'm sure it was not a flying tricky winger like so Mikey Stephen, but um, oh my god, he could play a bit again, he was a hardy bugger, you know, going up for challenges, he wasn't, he wasn't a shirk and a thing. And you had to be right on your game, and you knew what you were getting, and you knew you had to be tough and aggressive against him, or he would, or he would dominate you. Um, and we had some good tussles, you know. And I. Um, so that's you know playing against. That's probably that, as I say, playing with God. Um, from the juvenile days, as I've said, there, Mikey Stephen, Ian Murray, um, Jim Hamilton, who played with us, and Jim went on to be a full-time footballer at Dundee when I was at Dundee United. Then he went to Hearts, Aberdeen, uh, Dundee United as well, I think. And Scott was played for Scotland under 21s. So Hame played with us, Simon Scott, Mark Simpson, Kerr Gibson. These are all boys from the juvenile days that were just fantastic. From the locals, junior days, God. Ian Alexander, George Reed, Jim Finlay. Um, brilliant, brilliant guys. And then Highland League, well, you know, the local, just the locals team that I played with, you know, um, mm-hmm. Andy Reid, still producing unbelievable displays now, you know, we had him as a young 21, 22 year old guy. Stephen Park, again, Mark Simpson, um, Kenny Cool, Richie Singer, what a character, Richie Singer, just funniest, one of the funniest guys you'll meet. Um, but what a player. Stuart Mackay, um, even even the ones after that, you know, when we and I'm glad you've never mentioned it right enough, Sean, when we when we lost the league on uh, the final day, but Scotty Mickey, Danny Milne, Andy Lowe, Graham Stewart, Mark Smith, just all brilliant people, brilliant players. It was a joy. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Highly Podcast. Make sure to leave a review if you enjoy this podcast. And to keep up to date with the podcast, you subscribe on your chosen podcast platform. Hope you can join me next time for another interesting interview.